Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are exploring the world of piano. So the last podcast we were looking at the new rock school classical piano syllabus and uh, I, I've actually been very, very keen on doing a review and checking out uh, and checking out their normal syllabus. I don't really know what this is called. It's it's not really made very clear on their website anywhere. I think they might call this their contemporary uh, rock school uh, piano grades. But basically, this is like more the rock pop side of things as opposed to the classical side of things. Now, um, I teach electric guitar as well as piano. And I have always loved teaching the rock school electric guitar grades. They are superb, absolutely fantastic. And I have to admit that I've never really checked out their offerings for piano. Uh, I think I mentioned this. Um, uh, so by the way, you don't need to have listened to my previous review on their classical stuff, but I will keep referring back to that. But that, but if you're interested in the rock pop side of things, you, you don't need to have listened to that podcast. But as I said in that review, I think it's a little bit of a weakness, perhaps, in my piano teaching that um, I teach to a very high level classical and I do teach jazz. Uh, I, I, I like to think I teach to a high level of jazz. And so if people, if, if I find that my students aren't really massively into uh, doing classical music, I do tend to kind of steer them <laughs> quite hard into jazz. Uh, and, I, and I think that I really should have checked out this, this rock school syllabus a long time ago, because I think, yeah, not all my students will want to do classical or jazz. I think that actually this, this world of rock and pop is superb. And I really wish that I checked out the syllabus a long time ago. I think it's absolutely excellent. So in my review of their classical syllabus, I thought that there were a lot of weaknesses. And I thought that in general, this was not something that I was going to recommend. Um, I think some of the books are worth having, but I don't think that the exams are worth taking for all kinds of reasons. And, and have a listen back to that podcast if the classical syllabus is something that interests you. So, however, the rock pop syllabus is excellent and so good that I think I've decided that pretty much every single classical student at some point should think about taking um, a rock pop rock school exam for all kinds of reasons. I think that a lot of classical students tend to have very common weaknesses. Um, and I think that rhythmic weaknesses are the most common in, in almost all the classical students. And I think that um, the rock pop syllabus is just going to be superb at fixing a lot of the, the rhythmic weaknesses that classical students have. But not only that, like I said before, I think that not all students are going to want to dive into the world of classical and jazz. And this is just a, a superb selection of pieces and a superb syllabus and a superb approach and a superb approach to, to improvising and um, learning chords and theory. Yeah, it's just absolutely brilliant. So hopefully I think that this review is also going to be useful 
for people who were interested in the classical grades, because I think that there may have been a few things that I kind of glossed over and that I, I'm going to go into in more detail about the way that rock school exams are structured. Not just the, the rock pop, I'm going to call it rock pop, although I don't think they call it that. I think they call it contemporary, but for now I'm going to call this the rock pop syllabus as opposed to the classical syllabus. So there's a lot of things that, that the rock pop syllabus and the classical syllabus have in common. Like, for example, I, 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 I'm not sure how much detail I went into this, that in the classical and in the, the rock pop, you have a choice between doing what's called a graded exam and what's called a performance certificate. So I think since ABRSM did this um, uh, a few months ago, uh, everyone is now following this kind of approach where you can do the, the full exam with all of the technical things, the scales and, you know, the whole thing. Or you can add a, a, a another piece in the case of ABRSM and, and Trinity, I think. So you can add another piece. Uh, you get a slightly different uh, exam, uh, which is more like a performance exam, but without all the technical requirements, such as scales uh, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I think that Rock School have a much better balance with this approach. Um, so the graded exam, you have to play three pieces and then you you play all of the, the other things, such as sight reading. Uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, scales, technical studies, um, uh, musicianship questions, ear tests, all that kind of stuff. Or you can play five pieces to get the performance certificate. Now, I think that that's a much better balance uh, to me. I just thought that when ABRSM decided to shove on one extra piece instead of having all that technical stuff, it didn't sit well with me. Uh, it, it just seemed like a cop-out. It seemed like the easy option. I like the fact that Rock School have said, if you're not going to do all the technical stuff and the sight reading and the ear test, we're going to want five pieces. And this is the same with, with the classical grades, um, uh, the classical exams, uh, uh, as it is with the rock pop. I like this. Something that I think is really, really good with the rock school. Uh, so, so basically, when, when you do ABRSM or Trinity and you do the um, performance options, you get one free choice. And, uh, you know, it, it can be from any examining board or, or any piece in general, which is that kind of um, level. Uh, Rock School uh, have said that if you're doing a graded exam, you can do, uh, I mean, you can do all the three pieces from the book if you want, but you can have up to two free choices, which means that if you want, you, you need um, a minimum of one piece from the book. And then uh, this is the graded exam. And then two um, up to two free choices. The free choices can be from anywhere, uh, from any exam board, uh, from anywhere as long as long as they are the minimum level for that grade. And the performance certificate, you can have up to three free choices, which is great. Uh, I like this a lot. It gives you a lot of freedom. So uh, I mentioned before, uh, this is very similar to the classical uh, exam uh, by Rock School, that you have the option of doing sight reading, but instead of sight reading, you can also do improvisation. The improvisation can be melodic or it can be chords. So if it's melodic, you have um, a chord sequence which you're given and you basically have to improvise melodically over the top of that chord sequence. Or they give you a chord chart and you have to basically improvise an accompaniment using that, that chord sequence. Now, 
in the classical option for, for rock school, at the time when I was looking at this, it didn't really seem to make a lot of sense. When you looked at, you know, the, the more advanced that, that, you, uh, that you were looking at, say you were looking at the grade eight, you got what was quite um, a complicated set of chord changes that I thought most classical people are going to really struggle to know how to improvise over these um, jazz chords. And also to know how to, if you weren't doing the melodic improvising, you were doing the chord improvising. Some of these, you know, they're not all that easy. And I was thinking, how are classical people going to know this? Now, what is interesting is that if you do, if you go the graded exam route, you, you've got these lists of um, technical exercises. So if you're doing the technical exercises from the classical route, I thought that the classical technical exercises, they weren't brilliant. They weren't inspired. You know, they, they were classical in, in style. When you look at the, the rock pop technical exercises, suddenly everything makes a lot more sense. I love the rock pop technical exercises. You get them in all kinds of different styles. Uh, I'll come to this later when I look at the, the individual grades. But, you know, you get funk, you get rock and pop and you get film music. But what's interesting is that you also have to learn different jazz voicings, different jazz chords and different voicings. And and, and you have to learn a, a certain amount of jazz theory and jazz chords, which means that when you choose the improvising as your option instead of sight reading, it suddenly makes a lot more sense because from the debut grade all the way upwards, you've been learning jazz voicings. And those are the things that you use when you are improvising how to play the chord sequences. Now, when you're, when you're doing the, the classical exam, uh, how on earth are you going to know how to improvise the chords based on, on the chord charts that they give you? So, yeah, I just think that the, the classical syllabus is very poorly thought out when it comes to this option for improvising. And it makes complete sense when you actually look at the the, the rock pop syllabus. So yeah, another thing for, for people who did listen, and again, you didn't need to listen to this review, but for people who did listen to my review on the, the classical side of things, I made the point that one of the biggest reasons why I would not recommend the, the classical syllabus was because... Uh, certainly in England, I don't know what the case is like in other countries, but, but in England, yeah, so, so if you want to do the, the face-to-face exam, generally, the idea is you go to one of their centres, and when I looked at all of the centres, they're all music studios, and by music studios being, these are places where bands go to rehearse and record. Yeah, I, I would have said a little bit more about this, I ran out of time a little bit, but one of the the many reasons why this is problematic is because no matter how well they are soundproofed, you're always going to hear loud drumming. You're always going to hear bands be, being generally quite loud. When you're taking a classical exam, <laughs> you don't want to hear drums and, and people uh, and bands, you know, in the background. It's going to be incredibly disruptive. Um, you know, plus the fact I, I also mentioned that um, it's it, it might be off-putting if if you are someone who's not used to being in a in an environment where there are lots of rock musicians. You know, you get all these uh, sort of punk rock musicians, and you turn up trying to play classically. Also, I made the point that there's no requirement to have good 
pianos that are going to be up to the the level needed for grade five plus classical exams. Um, the whole thing is just incredibly problematic to me. Now, I didn't say in the classical um, review that obviously you, you you don't have to turn up in person and do face-to-face exams. There are uh, recorded options or uh, options where you can do do live exams online. Now, I personally, and, uh, you know, this is just my opinion, uh, you can take it with a pinch of salt, but I think that since ABRSM took the lead in introducing online exams, I think that these are problematic for, for many, many reasons. It seems to be quite common now that, that people are starting to get used to the idea that you take an exam where you pre-record your pieces, you have a few goes at recording your, your pieces to video, and you then submit this video. Maybe I'm biased because I like performing. I, I like live performing to people. But I do think that having watched a lot of people, um, my own students, and having just generally been aware of what it's like for people to be taking these online exams where they they have to pre-record. Taking exams can be psychologically unhealthy if we're not careful. It can introduce this sort of element, this psychological element that of perfectionism, that we have to play all the correct notes, that we have to play in order to impress an examiner this examiner is going to be waiting for us to make mistakes and we've got to uh, basically play everything perfectly. I think that recording can be really psychologically challenging, especially, you know, when, when we just try and record over and over and over again, trying to get the perfect uh, recording with the, uh, the least mistakes. Yeah, uh, what, what can I say? I, I think that, that it's very difficult. I find it very difficult to prepare my students for, for that kind of, um, to be playful, to be playful and enjoy yourself when you're basically recording to a camera. Now, my, my approach has always been, you know, even in high pressure exams, I like to treat the examiner as a human being who just wants to hear some nice music. You turn up, there's a human connection. You can see the examiner there as a human being that, that you connect to. And you, you're basically playing to their heart. You, you are, you, you are making something beautiful. You're playing music with love, uh, for a human being who just wants to love music. That's a lot harder, I think, when you're just recording to video. This is my personal opinion on it. My, what I would encourage my students to do, uh, is to prepare for face to face exams because it's just more human. It's more, you know, do, do we really make music to, to make it to, to videos and not to people? Now, we obviously now live in a different age from the kind of age that I grew up in because now, it is quite common for people to grow up as teenagers where where YouTube is the thing that, that they um, perform to. Having said this, I'm going to go in a little bit of a rabbit hole here <laughs> because um, I, as a guitarist, uh, I think it's very, very common that there's a load of very, very good guitarists who, who, who almost make a career 
by being incredibly good teenagers, doing incredible stuff to YouTube. Their, their YouTube stuff is amazing. They get millions of followers. But I, um, through some of the photography that I do, because uh, for people who, who don't know, I, I used to be a, a professional music photographer as well. So something that I've noticed is that uh, when these guitarists, um, you don't really see this so much with classical music. It's not really a thing with classical music. But when, but when guitarists who were totally used to recording to YouTube, uh, amazing YouTube musicians, millions of followers, and they play to live audiences. They, most of the time, not always, but most of the time are absolutely hopeless. They have no idea how to play to a crowd, how to, basically how to perform, how to, how to, be on stage, how to create a buzz. They, they just look really boring, like, like they're, they're in their bedroom. Um, so I, I think that even for today's young generation of musicians who maybe want to, to be good at performing to YouTube, at some point, I would argue that it's a much more useful skill to know how to perform in front of people. Um, surely, surely this is what we want to be aiming for as, as musicians. If we are putting loads of stuff on YouTube, surely, surely at some point, that's going to be a means to an end where we actually want to be performing to real people. And so I think that these video exams are not really helping us to know how to perform to real people. And so, you know, even young, young people who, who are at school that, you know, they do very good YouTube stuff. I would argue that, that surely you should be at school playing, doing concerts, you, you know, performing. Anyway, I'm getting uh, on a huge rabbit hole here, but, but my point is that I think that personally, I would encourage my students to go much more for face-to-face -face exams rather than, than digital exams. So there's a few issues that, that I've got with the digital exams. You've got a couple of options. You've got like the, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Like a recorded digital uh, exam, graded exams. I again, I would question, why would you do this? There's so much that can go wrong. There's, there, there's so many requirements on the technical side of things. God, just turn up for a face-to-face -face, um, exam, unless you really live in the middle of nowhere. But, but you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I'm getting uh, drawn into all these rabbit holes. Now, the most common one that, that I think people are going to do if they do the online exam is to do the one where you pre-record it uh, in advance uh, with no editing. It's just you record it continuously uh, and then you submit it. If you do the the graded exam, meaning you do the three pieces with, with all the technical requirements, I'm really confused as to why you don't do sight reading and you don't do ear tests. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say I'm confused, it's very obvious that if you record this in advance, there's no way that they can enforce, that, that they can actually get you to do sight reading because you could so obviously just cheat and spend quite a while learning your piece. That so, You know, to do proper sight reading, it's got to be put in front of you and straight away you've got to sight read it. So if you're doing an online exam, if you're pre-recording it in advance, obviously they, they can't get you to do that. But I don't understand basically how you can have the, the same qualification as someone who's done a face-to-face -face exam and, and it's the same graded exam, but you haven't had to have done the, the sight reading uh, or the improvisation um, and the ear test because they don't know how to get you to do that online. 
So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, for some people that, that you might want to consider this as an easy way to have the, the graded exam, which might have a bit more kudos for you if you do it online, because you don't have to do the most difficult stuff for it. Anyway, uh, I'm getting really drawn on all this other stuff. Basically, my recommendation is do it face to face. Yeah, I, I'm going to come back, back to all of this stuff later. Uh, most of the rock school um, pieces that you learn, almost all of them have backing tracks. Now, in every grade, pretty much there's two pieces that you can learn that are solo, that don't have backing tracks. But my personal opinion is if you're going to do rock school, and they're not cheap books, they are generally more expensive books and more expensive uh, exams to take. But the reason for this is because you've got these generally beautifully done backing tracks or at least backing tracks with with a huge amount of effort and and manpower that goes into them and um i love these idea of the backing tracks uh, you've got drums and bass and guitars and yeah, all this other stuff a lot of reasons why i like these backing tracks um like i said i think a lot of my classical students have rhythmic weaknesses and um one reason why i would encourage my classical students to do at least one rock school exam is that if you are playing to a backing track you have to you have to know what you're doing rhythmically i think it's very common that when most people are doing classical music that there are a lot of moments where they actually have no idea what they're doing rhythmically they kind of just fake it um something that i say to all my students is that somewhere in the back of your mind, um, as a habit, you need to be counting the beats in the bar, no matter what you're playing. Not loudly, not like one, two, three, four, but just, you know, very quietly, one, two, three. Um, even if you're playing Chopin or whatever with rubato, you know, if it, even if it speeds up and slows down, like you go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. But somewhere, somewhere you want to be aware of, of pulse and tempo. Now, I'm always nagging my students about this. And I think that, you know, even my diploma students don't sort of always have this, this habit going on. Now, when you're playing to a backing track, especially stuff that's syncopated, it, I think this forces you. You have to know what the rhythm is. You've got to know what it is. You've got to be counting one, two, three, four. It's just going to force you to know what's going on rhythmically. Now, something else, another thing that a lot of my classical students do, not all of them, but some do, is that when they make a mistake, <laughs> they, they just have to stop and go back and fix that mistake. It drives me nuts. Uh, and I think that sometimes, despite all my best efforts, it's incredibly hard for my students to get out of that habit. Now, if you're playing to a backing track, you just can't do that. The drums and all the instruments are just going to carry on without you if you go back and try and fix it. So, uh, you know, I think this is very, very healthy. It's very healthy to just have this feeling that um, the flow of time is is like a river. It's like it's like you have to keep up with it. You can't just suddenly go backwards and and fix it. You you you're lost. Everything has gone on without you. So I I like that. I think that's great. Also, now this is interesting because all of the rock school grades, in many ways, are way more difficult than the classical grades. So um, uh, the debut grade is way more difficult than debut any exam board's debut grade, uh, classical. 
So uh, I was um, playing around before uh, I was reviewing uh, uh, this rock school stuff, and I thought it'd be sort of fun to um, to learn one of the the rock school pieces and stick it up on YouTube. And I had a look at one of the Grade Seven pieces, which is one of the the, the Toto. So I'll put a link in the in the show notes. And I've really had a lot of fun with it. But in terms of the amount of time that it took me to prepare this, was actually more time than it took me to record any of the ABRSM grade eight piano pieces. So one of the reasons why rock school, uh, rock pop pieces uh, take more time to learn than um, any of the classical pieces are that actually to read and learn mostly the rhythmic stuff is so much harder than any of the rhythms that, that you've ever got to learn in, in classical. Rock, jazz, pop rhythms are much harder to, to read and learn. Now, I suppose you could just listen to the, to the recordings and pick it up by rote. Um, so rote is, you know, you, you pick it up by ear, you copy it, you just play it back. Now, if you do that, in my opinion, you're kind of cheating and you're missing out on something that would be really useful to, to gain from doing the rock school grades, which is the ability to get really familiar with how to read complex syncopated rhythms. But also that there's other reasons that, that I'll go into later, which is that like in the earlier grades, to play music which is melodically more interesting, you have to move your hand around more. Um, so, that, so there's things like that. But, but I'll, I'll come to it because I'm actually going to sort of go through all the grades one by one as well. So there's so many reasons for my classical students to, to look at these uh, some of these um, rock pop pieces. But then, like I said before, not everyone is going to want to do classical. And, and these pieces are fun. They're so much fun. Almost to the point when I was looking at these that, that, <laughs> that they can be, uh, um, really addictive. That, uh, although they're, they're harder to learn. It, it, and, and, you know, I, I use this and I've used this analogy quite a lot on this podcast that music can be like different types of food. I think that rock pop music, can very often be like um, dessert, uh, which we, which we say in England. I think in in other countries it doesn't quite mean the same thing. But but it's like um, classical music can be like very very nutritious. Uh, I, I spoke about this with with Andy on some of my earlier podcasts. But it's like it's like the the spinach, the the meat, the you know. But but like, not like you know not very tasty. But like you know like gourmet food, but that is highly nutritious. Whereas I think rock pop can be like cake, like cake pudding. Pudding is in the, the you know, the English uh, definition of pudding. Things that are very, very sweet. Um, things that basically fire off the dopamine. So, um, yeah, they are fun. They're really, really fun. And, and you know, and, and, and when I say that, it's not with judgment, because I think that very often classical music is not as fun <laughs> as as rock and pop but but the reason why i'm so highly drawn to classical music is because um fun isn't necessarily what personally drives me sometimes i want deep deep um emotional fulfillment with with stuff that really digs deep that that's dark that's that's you know that that's got really intricate uh, structure that that's that's very long that that really reaches very deep very personal very vulnerable deep 
the parts, very, very psychologically deep parts. It's not fun, <laughs> you know. So, so um, I don't think music always has to be fun, <laughs> but but it's but 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 it, but you know, classical music can be highly fulfilling. And um, sometimes I can be really addicted to this sort of very deep psychological territory that classical music goes into. But um, obviously not everybody wants to go there. And, and especially when you're younger. Yeah, rock school is excellent at, at these uh, uh, much more lighthearted, much more fun, much more instantly rewarding stuff. I, personally, I think that, that a, a mixture of rock school and classical is, is excellent. Something that is interesting, by the way, about um, the rock school, rock pop syllabus is that now that they're doing the classical syllabus, it is possible to do the rock school exam and include classical pieces, which I think would have been a bit odd to do before. But now, I think um, from everything that I can read on their website, you, you're actually quite encouraged to mix up the rock pop and the classical stuff. Now, like I said, if you turn up in person, certainly in England, to one of their centres, I don't recommend, especially in the higher grades, that, that you decide to do classical music surrounded by drums and 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 bands and uh in sort of claustrophobic environments that that don't have good acoustics for for doing classical music but if you're going to do your pre-recorded exam at home and you have a good piano i actually think that you know you could even do one rock pop piece with a backing track and do if you do the performance option then you could do four classical pieces and get your your exam if you wanted to. I think that, that in uh, for many reasons that there's there's all kinds of situations where I can imagine that would be a good fit uh, for some students. But uh, yeah, anyway. So I was going to talk about this this learning platform. There's a learning platform. I mean, this is amazing. There's like um, software that they do, which you can either use through a Chrome browser uh, on on a computer. Or you can use it on Android uh, uh, or uh, Apple devices. Now, I've basically only just had a brief look at this on my computer on Chrome. So what this is, it's called the Learning Platform. It's free for teachers. And if you're a teacher, you just basically sign up, you make a profile, you you put down your... your, your your teaching qualifications, you a link to your website, whatever. Someone basically checks it over and goes, does this person look like they're a teacher? If they think, yeah, this person looks like a teacher, they, they give you free access to it. And oh my God, wow, it gives you access to every single one of their grade books from debut to grade eight on every single instrument, uh, which uh, for pianists is going to include all of the rock pop, uh, debut to grade eight, and the classical. And for someone like me who also teaches guitar and ukulele, it includes all of that and includes all of the drums. Uh, It's like, wow. I mean, you you can't download it as PDFs, uh, as far as I'm aware. But what it does is it, it gives you this quite interesting software which basically has the audio. And as you hear the audio, it scrolls along the music and you can choose whether the music is just the, the pure backing track or whether it has the piano part on it as well. You can change the speed. Uh, you can do all kinds of other stuff that I haven't checked out yet. And there's other things that, that I've read about. I've not tried this yet, but if you're a student, you can do things like beat 
your high score, where it basically listens to you playing and it uh, it listens to the pitch, the rhythm, the tempo, and and it works out how accurate you've been compared to the algorithm. Now, I wouldn't recommend this completely because obviously there's elements of musicianship that a computer can't get. But but I like the fact that this is gamified because let's face it, you know, there's there's a lot of students out there who are used to playing a lot of computer games who are not going to be very motivated. I know that, that <laughs> there's a lot of young uh, um, young students. They've tended to sort of die die out since COVID because they don't tend to to work so well on online teaching. Some of the, some of my youngsters who every week when I teach them, I go, "So how's your week been?" And all they've done that's noteworthy in their lives is is played computer games. <laughs> and so a lot of these students, they just don't practice because they're just addicted to computer games. I'm sure that, that most teachers, you know, have some students like this. Now, I love all this software which which rock school have made available because it's it's just great for gamifying everything and so um for for the teachers you've got access to to all of this material which which is brilliant and you've also got student management so your students need to get an account and you you can keep track of your students uh, with, with their different accounts. You can set them stuff. They can upload videos. Uh, you can actually upload your own videos. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this looks really good. I need to spend a little bit more time checking this out. And I don't know what it's like on Android and, and um, Apple, but certainly on Chrome, it looks very, very promising. And the fact that this is free for teachers and it gives you access to every single resource is just amazing. Now, if you're a student, you get 30 days free trial and then you can either pay rolling 4.99 a month or if you pay by yearly it works out at 3.99 a month which is roughly 48 pounds it's quite a lot of money but i think that for some students this is going to be well worth thinking about i like this i really like this there's so much um thought put into this i will also say though that um there's a, a, a lot of examples like for example trinity i i love what Tr- Trinity have been doing in terms of the fact that you you pay for your book and you don't really need to keep buying extra things, unlike some examples like <coughs> ABRSM that keep making you buy things. And, and, you know, even on their website, you have to pay for, you know, more workshops and all this kind of stuff. Uh, um, there, there's examples like Trinity, which go Here's the book. Here's everything you need in that book. We're going to keep giving you more stuff on the website, which is free. We're, we're just going to make it so that you don't need to keep on buying stuff. Now, something that, that, um, I don't like so much is that Rock School sell extra books. They sell two extra books. Actually, it doesn't apply to piano, but for guitar, bass and drums, that there's two extra companion books. One's just like a general companion book of how to do well at your exam, I, I think, because I haven't read it. And then another one is basically how to pass all the technical aspects of your exam. I'm really not sure about this because uh, a board like Trinity just put this stuff up on the website. Um, it seems a little bit greedy to me. Now, it's they don't do these books for piano, although I'm guessing it's just a, a question of time. Uh, so... There's a lot of stuff, like the technical stuff. Like, for example, uh, I think personally that there are certain elements, for example, the the improvising, the improvising, the, the melodies and the chords. 
I wouldn't be surprised if at some point there's a book that gives you extra advice on how to pass these things. I think it's a little bit sketchy. I would like to see more information on their website about how to do well at these things. I think sometimes there's a lot of information that is very difficult to find uh, on the Rock School uh, website. So, for example, I've been interested in the, the diplomas and it's sometimes just impossible to find decent information. But anyway, that, that's for a whole different um, podcast. Yeah, anyway, so basically coming back to this... Um, uh, uh, Coming back to this learning platform, um, there's also um, Zoom functionality built into all of this, which which I think is beautiful. So basically, if you teach on Zoom, you can include this Rock School learning platform into the way that you teach. And if you're sort of technically minded, I can see that if you invest a little bit of time into this, you could be a very, very slick teacher, basically including all of this software in how you're teaching. I mean, it, it, I can see that it could be very, very slick if you, if you put a bit of time into all of this. This is all really, really good reasons to, to, to love it. Anyway, let me go on. I've been spending loads of time talking about this. Um, uh, like the, the classical review, I then, um, went through every single grade. This time I went all the way through from debut to grade eight in that order. So, uh, I'll just go through some of the, the rough notes I've taken. Maybe I won't go into every single piece like I did with the um, the classical one. So debut, I've put, wow, this is excellent for rhythm work. It's much trickier than the usual debut uh, grade uh, for all the other examining boards for, for classical. So um, it's going to be very challenging for people to develop rhythm compared to classical, but this is a good thing in my book because, you know, like I said, for, for most uh, classical pianists, I think rhythm is the weakest aspect and, and uh, uh, right from the beginning, I think it's great that this encourages people to sort out their rhythm. But because this is rock pop music, it's going to be, although it's much more challenging, I think that, that there's going to be a good reason for for people to to basically be patient and stick with it. So let's see which ones um, uh, do I like here. Yeah, I think none of these are outstanding, but 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 they're good. They're enjoyable, and uh, I like that the technical exercises include triads and inversions. It's very difficult for a, for a debut grade, but it's it's a very very solid foundation uh, for people. So grade one. Tattooed Heart, I've put, this is so much fun. Uh, pedagogically useful for staccato triplets to have a loose wrist. Most classical students at grade one level would be really, really challenged to do this. This is really ambitious. Hallelujah is outstanding. Yeah, absolutely excellent. It's not always a winner because I've put, let it be here. I've, I've put, no, I really don't like the, the accompaniment, uh, the arrangement. Sometimes the, the band, I've, sometimes the drumming isn't always great. I mean, when it's good, it's brilliant. But sometimes I've thought, were they in a bit of a rush on this one? It's it's a bit variable. But having said that, even when I personally think, what were they doing with that? This is me being a bit fussy, and I think most people would still enjoy it. So uh, um, I'm not the only one I've put here is very tricky, uh, very tricky syncopations and separate rhythms between the, the left hand and the right hand. Yeah, I mean, some of this is just way beyond what would normally be expected uh, on the classical level. But if people 
uh, if students get really excited about the, the the rock pop music, this can really motivate people to work much harder than they would be doing for something that was classical. I like that the the, the technical the, the technical requirements put a lot of emphasis on learning pentatonic scales, which are so useful. I'm like, um, yeah, why don't classical exams include things like pentatonic scales? Um, because these are things that, that are just so useful. Chord inversions, diminished, augmented. Yeah, there's just really great stuff in here. Yeah, so let's have a look. So grade two, um, thinking out loud is charming. It's going to be very popular. It's very iconic. It's going to need really good rhythm and counting skills. So uh, I've written here, I want all my students to learn this, to fix weaknesses in their rhythm. This is me. <laughs> it's going to be a very um, uh, popular song. I'm not always convinced by the backing track, but uh, it's going to be popular. Uh, I've already um, looked at the Pink Panther, which was in the classical one, but it's excellent. I really love it. Raw uh, by Katy Perry. It's very iconic. Uh, I've written here, it's a bit of a wasted opportunity, but it's going to be popular. Walk on by, but Bacharach Excellent. Oh, excellent song ruined by, by plodding feel and uninspired accompaniment. I think grade two, I think that I felt like the backing tracks weren't always as good as they could have been. But having said that, it's still going to be enjoyable for, for most people doing it. Yes. Uh, so grade two, I think not one of their strongest ones, but still, still fun. Grade three, uh, unfaithful, fun, good to encourage solid syncopated playing against a fast pulse. Don't know why. It, this is a solo piece without a backing track. I've written here, this is a winner. This is excellent. It's going to be very tough for people who who don't have a lot of experience with syncopation. And uh, bear in mind as well that um, I, I think that for people who do rock school right from the beginning, it's going to be generally easy to progress through the grades. If someone say from from grade five or from whatever grade doing classical goes to the equivalent grade as you get higher up through the grades and they've not done the previous uh, rock school grades I think it's going to feel like a little bit of a jump but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it like, like I've said I think the fact that they're, they're really fun pieces I can imagine this really motivating people to put that extra effort into it so the, another solo piece a whole new world this is excellent Paradise. Wow, this is very tricky. <laughs> so yeah, grade four, all of me, solo. This is gorgeous. Uh, sensitive teenagers will love it, I I've written. It's very simple, but good pedagogically to separate the tune from the accompaniment. And um, then there's respect. And I've written, wow, now we're cooking. Wow. Um, now, I've already given this to a couple of my students because this is just fantastic. I love this piece. This is just so good for grade four. It's just, wow, it, it's, it sounds amazing. But this is way beyond the normal grade four level. This is very, very difficult. I mean, I can't sight read this. And, and I would expect to, to be able to, to easily sight read a grade four piece, but this is tricky. But yeah, it's so much fun and it's got a brilliant backing track. Absolutely love it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of wasted opportunities um, in, in terms of the pieces that they've got. They've got Let It Go, but I've written Criminally Wasted because the accompaniment just isn't amazing. But I think, you know, the accompaniment is probably good enough for people to enjoy it. Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi as a solo song. I'm like, no, why? why? I mean, I think a lot of people will enjoy it, but it could have been amazing with a good backing track. But I, I personally think they, they wasted this opportunity. But but yeah, all of me and respect are like, wow, these are fantastic. Yeah, we're there. we've got modes in the technical exercises. We've got this. These are uh, uh, so great for us when we start to get uh, the technical exercises, which have jazz funk I, I love these that they, they are quite hard to play but they're so much more musical than, than the equivalent um uh, rock school uh, classical ones but pedagogically i love these um these technical exercises yeah and i also like that that you've you've got quite long pieces in in uh, already by by grade four so grade five Grade five, every little thing she does is magic. This is a winner. And I've put a smiley face in it. Yeah, I love this. It's very, very well arranged. Dangerous solo piece. Uh, the, the, the piece is called Dangerous. Uh, emotive, pretty, wide range of dynamics. It's going to be popular. Life on Mars. It's enjoyable. Very solid piece. The technical exercises. Yeah, you've got really interesting stuff here. Lydian, Phrygian. Yeah, uh, really useful arpeggios and voicings, starting to get quite advanced. Grade six, defying gravity. Uh, we're starting to get things that sound very advanced, very professional. It, this is like a very Disney anime uh, type piece. Someone who plays this is going to feel like they're playing something really advanced. Uh, it's superb. Just love it. Toto, Africa. <laughs> I've written wildly ambitious for grade six, but I love it. It's a great arrangement. I, I want to record this and stick it on, uh, on YouTube because, because it's just a lot of fun. Can Cantaloupe Island. This is outstanding. Uh, again, this is another one I, I just want to learn for fun and stick it up on YouTube. Superb backing track and arrangement. And, and it doesn't sound simplified because I think, you know, classical grade six, does not sound like, uh, generally, doesn't sound like stuff which sounds advanced. Um, but this just sounds, wow, this sounds like proper, proper music. There, there are some easier stuff in here as well. Um, the way it is, wow, this takes me back to 1985. I remember when this came out. It's ambitious, but a very, very effective arrangement, very solid backing track. Again, you play this, you, you sound like you're making proper music. So, uh, yeah, great technical stuff in the, in the technical exercises, uh, lots of great funk stuff. Yeah, you know, really just so much to enjoy. It's, there's so much to love in this. Grade seven, I already put, um, Rosanna, uh, up on YouTube, had so much fun recording this. So challenging this though. So, so challenging. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Ray Charles, a song for you. Um, a lot of this is, is easier. And I was wondering why it was in grade seven, um, until suddenly it got to the, the solo halfway through. And I was like, ah, <laughs> this is quite tricky. So yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Now there's Schindler's List, which I've, which is an absolute winner. And actually would, it, this is solo. Um, it would actually be an excellent choice to anyone who's doing grade seven classical. Um, with any examining board and wants an extra, um, sort of free choice. It's, it's beautiful nuanced arrangement. And, and, um, yeah, it's, 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 
when you play it, it needs a classical sensibility. Something I haven't really mentioned yet is that I think that, you know, rock pop stuff in many ways is much more difficult than the classical stuff. But once you can play the notes, then it's easier than classical because classical leads, classical music needs a lot of nuance in terms of phrasing and, and rubato and all this kind of stuff with rock pop. Generally, once you've got to the stage that you can play all the notes with the right rhythms and you can play in time with the drums, generally then you've got it. But anyway, so carrying on, Cornflake Girl, it's lovely, but challenging, very, very tough rhythms, very tough. But yeah, I mean, I, I almost want to set this to, to all my advanced students as something that's going to sort out reading rhythms. There's a Steely Dan song here. I got the news. Wow. Challenging, but excellent fun. Yeah. Uh, excellent backing track. Love it. The technical exercises have now got altered scales or, or super Locrian scales. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I've written great for compositional ideas to start setting up skills for, for composing. I just want all my students to, to do like, um, grade seven, grade eight, um, rock school. Grade eight. I was very interested in the Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm not sure about it. It's just, um, very fussy, weird rhythms. I, I, yeah, I'm just not sure it's a complete winner there. A uh, bit of a wasted opportunity, I think. E.T., love it, beautiful. Very, very difficult to play, though. Birdland, um, one of the easier ones. Not easy, but one of the easier ones. A few clunky bits of arranging. Those are the days, Jamie Cullum. This is achievable, not not outrageously difficult. It's, it's like a gospel blues style, a bit like Ray Charles. It's a good, fun backing track. Spain, Chick Corea, love this. Beautiful, beautiful piece. Very, very challenging. Uh, great backing track. Absolute winner. I put lots of ticks against this one. Rather be. This is like a classical-ish dance anthem. Not usually my taste, but I think that this is a winner for a lot of students to, to really get uh, rhythm skills sorted out. And then you've got things in the technical exercises like diminished scales, like half-hole diminished scales. Wow. I mean, you know, if you're going to play jazz... Uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant that grade seven gives you your altered scale and grade eight gives you your diminished scales. I mean, they're not easy. These are not easy things for grade seven and eight, but wow, these really set you up well for jazz. Absolutely brilliant. Very, very tasty technical exercises. Like, like, uh, I've written here one in particular that there's a really tasty funk technical exercise. Um, you know, they are challenging, but yeah, I mean, I absolutely love these things. I, it's basically got a gigantic thumbs up from me. I, I love the rock school. You know, I, I almost myself just want to go through and learn, um, um, so many of these just for fun because they, they just look like so much fun with the backing tracks, which is not really a thing that, that classical <laughs> exams make me do. Uh, when I learn all the classical stuff and stick them up on YouTube, they're just because I think, oh, this will be useful to stick on YouTube. Uh, I'll get hits. Um, maybe I might, you know, find some students through that. But these rock school things are just so much fun. And pedagogically, they're, they're fantastic for anyone who wants to get into rock playing and, and jazz playing. I think that, that these are genuinely useful exams to play for anybody who wants to be a session musician, who wants to play in bands, who, who, um, 
who generally wants to play rock and pop. I, I, I just think these are brilliant, especially if you don't do the performance um, certificate, but you, but you do the proper graded exams and, and work your way through all of the, the technical exercises. So I also recommend these for, for teachers who are not comfortable improvising and not comfortable in the world of rock pop. I would recommend just work your way from debut all the way to, to grade eight, making sure that, that you know how to do all the technical stuff. And I bet that, that, um, you know, you know obviously you, you might need a teacher to help you a little bit with, with elements of, of improvising. But if you can do the, the technical exercises and the improvising as laid out, um, uh, step by step through, through this syllabus, by the time you get to grade eight, you're gonna know your stuff. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I, I think it's an excellent syllabus. In many ways, better than ABRSM, jazz, um, grades one through to five. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. When you do the higher grades, you get the UCAS points, uh, which uh, in the UK means that they give you points that go towards your university applications. Yeah, I, I, I think these are very, very well thought out, very well structured, excellently conceptualized grades and, and syllabuses. I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to check them out. And yeah, if you're a teacher and you don't want to spend lots of money buying all the books just to see if you want to use these for teaching, uh, like I mentioned, you can just sign up for free, get an account. Um, make a profile, get the learning platform, and you can actually check out all these books. Uh, I cannot recommend this highly enough, uh, even for people who, who, who just teach classical. Because, you know, let's face it, I, I, unless you are very, very high level classical teacher, you, you, you know, you've got no interest in, in teaching anyone else other than high level classical. We all generally have students who might not just want to learn classical music. Rock school is brilliant. And like I've said, even if you do teach to a very, very high level classical and you generally just teach classical, I also think that this is just so worth looking at just to fix rhythmic issues. Not just rhythmic issues, but I think there's also a lot of classical students at, at any level, from beginner all the way up to, to diploma level, who get a bit too serious, a bit too perfectionistic, maybe not so good at the performance side of things, maybe could do with a bit more work on charisma, performing, flow. And I think that, again, playing rock school is just really good idea just to get people to loosen up a bit, to to perform, to have fun, to to... Yeah, there's so many reasons for all of this stuff. But yeah, absolutely for me, love it. We'll absolutely be putting lots of people in for, for rock school. Uh, I feel, can't believe that, that I haven't checked it out until now. So thank you very much, rock school, for, for sending me these materials. And, and I'm not just giving this high review because rock school sent it to me because, uh, I did not give the classical syllabus the thumbs up. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is the genuine opinion for me. So, so yeah, so, so I hope that was useful for you. And, um, uh, as always, there are show notes if you go to the website, um, heartofthepiano.com. Please do subscribe on your podcast platform of choice uh, if, if you enjoyed this and leave comments. The more you leave comments and subscribe and like and all that kind of stuff, 
the more likely it is that someone uh, can come across it where it might be useful for them uh, and they'll help us climb up through the rankings. So yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I will try and put up more interviews and podcasts more. Uh, uh, Like I've said in earlier ones, during COVID lockdown, I've just been focusing on my own creative endeavours, using all this time to really work on my own creative stuff. But I think it's time now to do a few more podcast um, episodes. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. See you the next time. Thank you. Bye.